great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the preview episode of Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast. Brought to you, as always, by Tops Friendly Markets. And better meals start with better meats and the best deals in town. Tops Friendly Markets. Real meat, real butchers. While the other stores have their meat packed in central processing facilities, Tops has real butchers you could trust to serve the very best to your family. Expert butchers hand-cut fresh, High-quality USDA choice beef and premium pork in-store daily. Head over to topsmarkets.com slash realbutchers to get more information. Ryan Talbot, we are not inside Wingnuts at 1402 Military Road uh, in Amherst, New York. That's where we were supposed to be tonight. But the weather has had other plans and everything is a-changing. We had to postpone that show. We're looking at some dates Maybe next weekend uh, we'll we'll get that out uh, later in the week. But at first we got a preview of football game that's now moved to Monday at four thirty in Orchard Park. Um, it, it's a tough situation all around. I mean, uh, the amount of weather that's on its way and really starting to already touch down in Western New York uh, is really thrown this whole weekend, uh, you know, into flux. And so in order to preserve safety, uh, the league and uh, the state have come together to push this thing off one day. It's not about the actual football game, Ryan. And I think that's mm-hmm. what the biggest uh, misnomer has been out there. I mean, you saw J.J. Watt take to social media and get absolutely skewered for his initial take when he said that, uh, wasn't this the reason that people wanted them to build the dome? It has nothing to do with the game itself. It, it's about what has to happen for the game to happen. You know, you need people to get to the stadium. You need to be able to people to leave the stadium safely. That just can't occur with the kind of weather they're expecting tomorrow, overnight tonight, and then into Monday. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. And listen, I was up in Buffalo. I, I came up on uh, Friday anticipating we'd have the wingnut show. We'd have the game, game on Sunday, and then I'd head out on Monday and uh, as soon as the game got postponed and, and our show got canceled, I, I headed straight home, even though, you know, we were, like I said, booked in a hotel through Monday. And the storm hadn't even gotten terrible yet in terms of the, the visibility. But we saw two cars off the road on the way home. Uh, luckily, both had people helping them at that point in time. We saw or we heard heavy winds and loud gusts, and uh, which made it hard just to drive in general. It was already getting nasty. And it's only been getting worse. We've seen the videos. We've seen the pictures. We saw the Bills post something uh, recently about what it looks like at Highmark Stadium. You're right. This had nothing to do with the football game itself. It had to do with getting 70,000 fans uh, you know, to and from the stadium safely on, on Sunday. And when they determined that could not be done because of the vis- visibil- uh, visibility, excuse me, because of everything going on, they, they made the right call to push this game to Monday afternoon. 
Yeah, and now that you know the game is pushed out to Monday, uh, we start looking at what this thing could be from a weather perspective on that day. Because you know, before this, you know, the game getting moved was part of it. I mean, the weather report uh, was something that Bills fans were very you know concerned about and potentially changing the dynamic of this game. Uh, we had Glenn Coyne on a couple of days ago from Syracuse.com, and I checked in with him before we went live, and this is what he uh, sent me back in terms of the forecast. For Monday, Monday afternoon will still be cold with wind chills about six degrees. It'll be windy with gusts up to 28 miles per hour. So not nearly uh, as uh, bad as what was expected tomorrow. Uh, Not nearly as bad as Sunday's forecast, but still pretty strong gusts. It could still be snowing at the game, but much lighter than expected over the weekend. Uh, We're looking at probably an inch or so during the game Monday. Uh, So not bad at all, especially for Buffalo. Uh, so great stuff uh, from Glenn there. Thank you for sending that out. Uh, this is a much more um, conducive weather report to, I think, what the Bills want to try to accomplish in this game against a Pittsburgh team that I just think is limited on both sides of the ball with TJ Watt expected, or uh, not expected, ruled out for this game. And then offensively, like a Mason Rudolph, who against this defense, I don't think is in a good spot, no matter what the weather is. Yeah, I agree completely. And again, this weather for the game itself uh, will probably make it more enjoyable for the fans, obviously, in the stadium. Uh, For those watching the product at home, it's going to be safer, though, first and foremost. And that's the most important thing. And, you know, it it didn't just have to do with getting to and from the stadium, as I mentioned a few minutes ago. It's you don't want to have cars that are blocking the roads if there's people in need of help and, and things like that in western New York at that time. And by waiting this extra day, yes, the product's going to be better. It uh, might work in Buffalo's favor to a certain extent this weekend, although the winner of this game on Monday will be at a little bit of a disadvantage in terms of uh, having a shorter week to prepare for their upcoming opponent, wh- whomever that may be. But like Glenn said in this uh, in, in the note that he passed along, the weather's going to be a lot better and it's going to help. And, and listen, Pittsburgh wasn't even in Buffalo yet uh, as of this morning. And the way things were trending now, there was just no way for this game to be played tomorrow. There wasn't, and it, you know, I think to to put a bow on everything that's going on with you know the moving the day and the discourse on social media today, it's like I think people need to understand that this you know it is it's about far more than a football game, right? Like you're talking about. Um, I, I know that the the conditions might not be as bad as the blizzard from a year ago, but the conditions could end up. Uh, making it really hard to travel, to drive, even from across town. And if anybody gets stranded and isn't able to drive and people aren't able to get to that vehicle, you know, if you go off in a ditch or whatever the case may be, you know, there's a, if, if it's just one person who were to be in that situation, to me, that's too much. And to avoid that uh, for a game that can get moved to 28 hours later and be played, uh, you know, a minor inconvenience. I, I saw a social media post uh, shout out to Tom Jennings, uh, uh, friends with him on Facebook. And, and he said, uh, let me see if I can bring it up. Uh, it was a really good post here. Let me find it. Give me a second. Give me a second. Don't rush <laughs> me. Don't rush me, Talbot. Here we go. I got it. I once waited 17, for a, 17 years for a Bills playoff game. One day is nothing. And I think that's a really good perspective. That's a great perspective because of those drought years and everything that this fan base went through. Uh, And and it's a great perspective as well because it's it's for the safety of the fans, uh, the safety of those just in Western New York too. Indeed. All right, let's get into this matchup. 
Let's start with Josh Allen and this Bills offense. How do they match up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense without TJ Watt? So first of all, I think we have to talk about Alex Highsmith, who when you're talking about good, young pass rushers on the outside, I'm getting Alex Highsmith on a in a in a short list. Like he's explosive. Uh, he brings a lot of juice. He's great around the, the corner, but he's also great in a lot of the stunt work that they do with this defensive front. And you know, at times they're able to get pressure with four, even when Watts not in the game. So I still think that this is a formid- formidable group. And this is a Bills offensive line that has been mostly good over the course of the season. But I feel like as this as we've gotten to these last three, three games. It hasn't been as crisp, right? Uh, right? I think you'll like that matchup, Deion Dawkins against Highsmith on the outside. But across the board, you're going to need all five of your offensive linemen to hold up well against the defensive line that features Cam Hayward and traditionally is just one of the strengths of this Pittsburgh defense. Yeah, offensive line is one of the keys uh, up to this game, and in my opinion, in terms of Buffalo winning. Uh, they have to hold up against a very good front and – like you said, no TJ Watt in this game. Watt, who is an absolute game record, but they have other guys that can hurt you. Uh, the Bills need to know and need to account for those players at all times. They need to make sure that Josh Allen has the the time to kind of scan the field to make his reads. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if part of their game plan is quick, short passes, uh, letting Stephon Diggs, letting Khalil Shakir, letting Dalton Kincaid in the tight ends. Uh, you know, get the the yards after the catch. Same with James Cook in the back. So um, that that is a still a like you said formidable front that Pittsburgh has that you need to be ready for, and uh, they they certainly still have the manpower to push most units around uh, in terms of offensive linemen. The um, over 175 people watching right now on a Saturday night on YouTube. We got a bunch of people over on Facebook, and then of course. Uh, X Twitter as well. And now we're starting to even stream on Instagram. So, you know, if you're on the go and if that's a little bit easier, why not give you the option now that it's at uh, our disposal? Um, Hit that like button. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel as well. We really appreciate it. You know, Deion Dawkins was, you know, had a couple things going on this week. He had obviously the finger that uh, was ripped from side to side that he had to get stitched up in game last week. Uh, he was limited early on in the week in practice, and he missed with an illness on Thursday. Uh, he doesn't have an injury designation go- going into the game, but you know that's something that if we want to talk about concerns, right? Like to me, that's a strength of this offense is Deion Dawkins, who to me is you know Pro Bowler should have gotten some maybe even some All Pro consideration. You know to go through a whole season against the schedule that the Bills have gone up against and to only give up one sack on the year. I mean, PFF put out uh, his his numbers earlier in the week, and it was an absolute, like, unbelievable season for Deion Dawkins. You know, make living up to that contract, you know, coming off of a disappointing season a year ago. Um, but to me, I'm, I'm watching him, like, is he affected at all, not only by the finger, but whatever the, the illness that he had going on during the week and what's going to be a very cold and windy game. Yeah, you're hoping that the illness was just one of those 24-hour deals like what Mitch Morse dealt with last week. But the the hand is a concern. I mean, like you said, he had to get it stitched up last week. He was able to return in-game against Miami. Uh, you, you'd anticipate it would be better at least after one week later. But it's still something to monitor, something to watch. And uh, you hope that he is okay because this is one of those rare units in the NFL this season that has 
started every game in terms of the same starting five. So knowing that you have Dawkins, knowing that you have those five starters out there is going to be an advantage for the Bills in this matchup and as far as they get in the playoffs. Um, speaking of the Bills offense, you know, Stefan Diggs this week, we got a chance to link back up with him. Uh, he spoke for almost 20 minutes with the media and, and I thought uh, was as usual, right? Like, I mean, I, I think it's, I think Diggs is as good as anybody in the bill that the bills have in terms of really painting a picture of what's going on um, with this team. And um, he was asked this question and I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, Do you feel like this team is better prepared for the playoffs because um, whatever way the game goes uh, you, you have been able to adapt to it. And he said, yeah, it's crazy because last year I hate to bring up last year, but we had a little bit of a similar kind of road. Uh, getting into the playoffs, just figuring out ways to win the game. But I feel like it's not the same this year. Figuring out ways to win a game is not necessarily winning left-handed, like maybe they had to do last year, but we had a break here or we had a uh, some good things happen here. Uh, he's referring to last season. Now I feel like we really found ways to use the pieces that we have. Uh, James Cook, uh, J- Jimbo owes me a couple of touchdowns this year. He said, and I think he's referring to, you know, the, a couple of drops here over the last couple of weeks, but that's like my little bro, uh, but just having him involved. And then with Dalton and then with Dawson, you kind of see that we have a lot of weapons and they're definitely getting utilized the right way, which is a bit of a nod to Joe Brady, uh, even can apply it to myself. Yeah. We haven't hit on those deep balls, but you've got to know that at least one's coming one or two is coming eventually. So continuing to push that narrative of of success is coming. And I look at this Steelers uh, defense with all of what he just said in mind. And to me, this feels like a Stefan Diggs game because he talked about what could be coming. This is a Steelers defense that check this out has allowed a 35% DVOA to the deep middle portion of the field and a 68% DVOA, which is absolutely off the charts. I know if you don't know what DVOA means, uh, the Bills offense, uh, I think for the season, was at a uh, minus or 20.1% DVOA. So they're giving up the Steelers a 68% uh, DVOA when teams are uh, throwing to the deep right portion of the field, where was that Ryan last week? Where yeah, Stephon Diggs being exactly. Yeah, that's just it. So, you know, like he said, there's going to be a deep shot here or there, and it's not just to Stefan Diggs. I mean, uh, Josh Allen hit a nice sideline ball to Khalil Shakir last week on a route where he got free to set up a, a first and goal. We've seen some plays where James Cook has been open along the silence at intermediate range. We finally saw Dalton Kincaid getting used a little bit further down the field than what uh, we we grew accustomed to in, in the regular season, early on the regular season. And again, a lot of that goes to Joe Brady and credit to him for the way he has utilized all these players. But you're right, Stefan Diggs three times now in recent memory has gotten open deep. They just have not connected and they're due for one. And um, it, I'm sure it'll happen on Monday at some point where – he beats his man. Allen has a shot, and we'll have to see if they connect on it. But it's still something that has to be in the back of defenders' minds. It's not just going to be Josh Allen dinking and dunking the ball up and down the field. There's going to be some shots here and there in those intermediate and deep ball areas. And the way that Joe Brady has been mixing it up and, and getting these guys, scheming these guys open, it's been 
really good because like he said last year it just it felt like it was the Stefan Diggs show and you couldn't really you know get other guys open you couldn't really count on them in, in some of these games to uh do that and now you have so many other guys that can step up on an, any given week basis we've seen it with Cook in the Dallas game we've seen it with Kincaid last week against Miami uh Shakir's really having a great season. So there's a lot of guys that can step up, and that is going to make it very stressful for the Steelers' defense. Well, this is a Steelers' run defense that's uh, among the best in the league. Uh, from a PFF perspective, uh, top 10 in the league in run defense. Interestingly, enough, number nine they rank, according to uh, PFF, with a 69.1 run defense grade. Their overall defense uh, comes in at number seven. Uh, via PFF, the Bills slot in there at number eight. But the Bills in run defense, Ryan, this is an area of concern going into this game because it's the area that they are really going to lean on up front uh, with their offensive line, with their two talented backs, Jalen Warren, um, Najee Harris. The Bills ranked 29th in run defense, according to PFF. Now, I, I was reading through the DVOA um preview and that's where i pulled some of those numbers from you could find that over on uh, ftnfantasy.com they do a good job over there aaron schatz uh i, I put out a, a tweet a couple days ago about he, he made a, a full-blown argument as to why josh allen should be the mvp i thought it was really an interesting read and this is coming from a guy whose outlet years ago football outsiders called yeah. allen uh, a parody of a prospect, I believe, was was the uh, gif, or it might have been PFF, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's ancient history. I can't even remember that era at this point, but it, it's a good read. I highly recommend everybody go check that out. But in terms of the Bills stopping the run, that to me is the biggest key to this game. Because if you force this team to A, play from behind, and B, lean on Mason Rudolph to try to attack down the field. Where they've been successful is in that short and intermediate area, which they're not going to be able to attack against this Bills defense. That's the strength of this Bills defense. It is. And, you know, when it comes to DVOA, I, I do think you also have to consider the defense that Buffalo plays going into dime a lot. Uh, some of the quarterbacks and some of the offenses they had to play this season, knowing that they were pass-heavy offenses, uh, so for with the, this game plan, I'm sure that they know that uh, stopping the run is key. Having Daquan Jones back is huge. I think you have a furious Ed Oliver after getting uh, snubbed from, you know, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, talking about how it's turning into a popularity contest in, in terms of these voting processes now. I think he's going to show up with a lot to prove. So the front needs to be stout, but I, I do think they're going to come into this game knowing that stopping the run is their number one priority. You look last week at that Miami game. They really struggled early on with some of the concepts that Miami was throwing to them, but they made adjustments in-game, and by the second half, they shut the run game down. Completely different style of running backs, obviously, in terms of what Miami has versus what Pittsburgh has, but this defense has shown that it can stop the run uh, pretty quickly once they, they make those adjustments on the fly in-game. Uh, Shout-out to our good buddy Mark. Who just sent this uh, picture and he's got the he's got shout going up on the big screen today. Mark is a, a member of uh, Shout Buffalo Bills Insiders. Uh, you can become an insider today and have access directly to Ryan Talbot and Matt Perino. Text 716-528-6727. Uh, that'll get you a two-week free trial, $3.99 a month after that. 
Uh, and the shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Byer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Litro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give them a call, 716-852-1234, or check out LitroLaw.com. You know, I mentioned the run game being something the Bills have to be aware of and be able to um, at least slow down in this game. There are weapons on the outside. You mentioned them. George Pickens, Deontay sure. Johnson. I mean, those are guys in a game where the Bills may be without Deont- uh, without Rasul Douglas, who's questionable to play. Um, Tyrell Dotson, who's questionable to play. Uh, uh, you might be looking at, at Balen Spector. And then you mentioned the dime package that they played. Taylor Rapp has been a big part of that success. He is ruled out, as is Gabe Davis. We'll get to that in a few minutes. How do the Bills stack up defensively to deal with this passing game? Because it seems like, while it's not consistent because they run the ball so much, no team has run the ball more um, this season, I believe, than the the Steelers. How do they keep that passing game from getting off some of those explosives that we've seen from them since Rudolph went in? Well, the big thing is Buffalo just doesn't seem to give up those explosives. The way that they play, the way that they keep things in front of them, they limit that. And that's not to say that George Pickens can't have a big game or Deontay Johnson can't have a big catch here or there. Very rarely, though, are, are the Bills secondary uh, members of the secondary beaten for deep plays. So they just need to play the same style of football they have done all year in terms of keeping the plays in front of them, uh, trying to make Mason Rudolph kind of move up and down the field. Uh, knowing that either he's going to make some kind of mistake or they're going to get some kind of penalty and get backed up. It's just the formula that this defense has utilized. We had a question here in the chat, Matt, about injury designations. Players that have already been ruled out, they're still out. You, you know, Those designations aren't going to change. Players that are questionable, they're still questionable. Uh, you know, Maybe the extra day will help one or two of them in terms of maybe playing in a game that they wouldn't have played in tomorrow, but we don't know that. There's no way to, of knowing that. But no, injury designations do not change in this game. The Bills are some important members on both sides of the ball and uh, really important for them, though, to, to continue to do what they've done all year. Keep the guy, you know, the players in front. Dane Jackson's very good at that. If that is his game, opposite Christian Benford, if Russell Douglas can't go. We've seen Jordan Poyer really uh, step up his game from what we saw early on this season. We know what Micah Hyde brings to the table and, you know, second team all pro Taryn Johnson is one of the best in the business at what he does. Um, and also in terms of the uh, designations, the Bills now and the Steelers have until tomorrow to announce their practice squad elevations. I know that's something that people have been wondering about. Leonard Fournette could be uh, a possibility uh, as well. If you have a question, if you want us to get into something specific about this matchup, send it along in the chat. We will uh, – try to star those and get to them as we go, put out a call to all of our insiders as well. Um, Gabe Davis, he's out in this game. Trent Sherfield likely to uh, fill into his role. Do you feel like the Bills lose anything in this department? I want to I kind of get into this as well because I think Sherfield, to me, with Sherfield in, he's almost like, we've kind of been like talking about this the last couple of episodes. Like I don't think the bills are better without Gabe Davis, but with Sherfield in, I feel like it potentially elevates other people in the offense because Sherfield's not going to be somebody that Josh Allen uh, is targeting is trying to, you know, get the ball to. I don't think he's the same player in the sense that he's not going to stretch the field in the same way. Although, you know, Gabe Davis hasn't really been stretching the field uh, a ton this season. 
He did it a lot against the Steelers. So somebody's going to have to kind of fill last season, fill that role. Could this potentially be a Deontay Hardy game where the Bills try to stretch the field a little bit with him? I mentioned Diggs already. I think he can get deep down the field. But maybe Hardy finding a, uh, you know, building on some momentum that he created with a punt return last week. Yeah, and, and make no mistake about it. I mean, not having Gabe Davis in this game hurts the Bills. He's actually had a good amount of success against Pittsburgh in, in terms of finding the end zone, uh, getting open for this team. Obviously, everyone remembers the deep shot that went uh, 98 yards last year in a, in a route of Pittsburgh, but it is, hasn't just been that one play. He has a history of it, and they're also going to be hurting from the blocking perspective because of how good of a job he does as a blocker. Now, I do think that Trent Sherfield is, is an excellent blocker in his own right. Uh, was PFF's number one blocking wide receiver last year in Miami, so he has shown that he can do that. And I agree. It's going to elevate other players in this offense. I think it's going to elevate Khalil Shakir, someone who already is coming off of a game where he was the game's leading receiver one week ago. This is going to give him more opportunities to get targets and uh, really have to give him his praise for the way he's cleaned up some issues that he had with drops last year. He's been very sure-handed, a reliable target for Josh Allen, and I think that he's going to be fed the ball quite a bit in this matchup. You have Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox in their own right that can uh, get open, and as you mentioned, Stefan Diggs. So I'm not sure it'll be a Deontay Hardy or a Trent Sherfield or you know someone we're not expecting to step up as a receiver, but I do think it bodes well for guys who have been that second and third option in this offense, like Shakir, like Kincaid in this game against Pittsburgh. It's not going to be as windy on Monday as it was going to be on Sunday, but there's still going to be wind. And when there is wind, you got to start talking about the special teams part of the game. And, you know, with field goals and punts, you know, Sam Martin's coming off maybe the best month of his Bills career. I mean, he's been really dialed in uh, AFC Player of the Month uh, award the last couple of days. How do you feel like the kicking game could potentially be affected in here? And where do you feel like the level of confidence that Sean McDermott has in Tyler Bass? It's been kind of like a bit of a like an up and down season for him. There, there's been times when we've talked about some misses. Uh, I could pull up the numbers here while while you you talk about it. But I, I feel like going into this game, like McDermott's confidence level and potentially a close game in Tyler Bass has to be something that we spent a few minutes here talking about. Yeah, and you know we've seen this. If he struggles early on, you do see a little bit of a shift in terms of how Sean McDermott plays things on fourth down and short, uh, how he plays things deep in a red zone or in, in that borderline field goal range. Tyler Bass has a big leg, but there's been some games this season where that has not helped the Bills. He's missed some kicks, and, and – when it's come time to decide on a kicker going for it later on in games, they go for it. So I, I think early on in this game, when he gets some opportunities or if he gets some opportunities, it's going to be very telling to see how he does, does because while it's not expected to be as windy as it is obviously today and tomorrow, there's still going to be some wind in there. The wind is always something to monitor in Orchard Park uh, at Highmark Stadium this time of year, the way that uh, the ball can swirl up there in the air and, you know, make no mistake about it, though, Matt. It's also going to affect Pittsburgh in their kicking game as well. Uh, it's going to affect the punting game. Uh, there was some talk after they signed a punt Brad Wing to their practice squad that he should be elevated. I saw some Steelers fans saying this. They're kind of done with their current punters. So special teams could absolutely factor into the outcome of this game. Um, I'm just looking at the uh, final, uh, the Texans, the Browns. Um, yeah. 
had a big uh, same game parlay that was a David Njoku touchdown and 10 receiving yards by Elijah Moore away from hitting five for two hundo. So I'm not thrilled at the moment. That's a real downer at the end of this pod. What do you think about before we continue just a little bit of a sidebar here? Uh, and by the way, um, Tyler Bass has missed his his field goal percentage this season down to 82.8%, down from 87.1% uh, last, se- uh, last season. You know, it's the same percentage just about from his rookie season, but he's been 87 or higher the last two se- seasons. So that 5% drop, I feel like, is significant and just something to watch. Okay, um, quickly on the Texans, because now they are advancing, which means a couple things here. The Bills would play the Texans if the Miami Dolphins pull off the upset tonight. If the Kansas City Chiefs win, it's Bills-Chiefs next week, likely the late Sunday game with the Bills now playing on Monday. But how lively are the Texans in your eyes? How much of a threat are they to the Ravens? They at home just absolutely dominated the Browns. And I thought that was a Browns team that could give the Ravens some trouble. I'll say this. I I think that they are a threat. I think that they would pose some problems, but I also think the Texans coming to Orchard Park uh, is a lot different than them playing at home inside of that dome, the way that they can air things out. The ball comes out of Stroud's hand, or the way it comes out of his hand is just simply, uh, it's just great to watch. He's, He's a great prospect, a great quarterback as a rookie. The things that he's done, But this is a completely different beast when you play in the elements like Buffalo. So I I do think their passing game would be hindered to a certain extent. Uh, Devin Singletary has done a really good job running the ball for this team. Uh, You know, he doesn't have these gaudy stats. He's had one or a few good games this season, but nothing out of the ordinary. But he does a solid job there. And then defensively, they did a really nice job in terms of revamping that defense uh, with D'Amico Ryans as head coach. So, I do believe in the talent on that team. I think that they are going to be a perennial contender in the AFC uh, in the very near future, if not already. But I would think that this would be a very advantageous matchup for the Bills if it were to work out this way next week. The Chiefs uh, or the Dolphins, whichever team wins, will be the only team left in the field with an offensive-minded head coach. Hmm. which is a little bit of a departure from the storyline that we've heard all season long, you know, even around the bills about potentially moving on from Sean McDermott, trying to find an offensive minded coach to run things with Josh Allen uh, in his prime. You'll have uh, D'Amico Ryans, who's a defensive guy. You have Sean McDermott, defensive guy, Jim Har or John Harbaugh, special teams guy back in the day. And then he kind of went over to the defense late in his career, uh, assistant career. So, very interesting situation. I mean, depending on how things play out over the next couple of weeks, the Bills make it the AFC title game. You know, we'll, we we could be talking about two defensive-minded coaches, you know, playing for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. And you're right. That's a changing of the guard because we, we've talked all these years about Andy Reid and, and the need for an offensive-minded coach. And we've seen it in, in both conferences Uh, the last few years, obviously there was a very long run with the Patriots and Belichick, but the last few years has been offensive minded guys. And every time there's a new head coaching cycle, 
offensive minded guys have been at the top of a lot of teams lists. So this is a very interesting talking point. It is very interesting to consider um, and seeing how far these offensive minded coaches go, both in the AFC and the NFC is going to be something to monitor here over these next few weeks. Speaking of monitoring, we have to uh, monitor our predictions because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've had an up and down season, Talbot. I, I, I don't <laughs> know about your predictions. You know, when I when I dropped down the uh, Bills going to win the AFC East about a month and a half ago, you looked at me like I had 10 heads. So let's see. Let's see what you got here. What, what, what do you got? A little bit of an upset here. Pittsburgh Steelers on the road on Monday. What do you got? No, no upset in this one. I have the Bills winning this matchup. Uh, I have them scoring 27 points in the win, Pittsburgh scoring 13. So a a two score or, you know, a 14 point differential in this game. Buffalo just kind of sails to the victory. It's it's not overly close. It's not a blowout either, but they handled business in the first round. The interesting thing about these two teams is they have faced three times in the playoffs and the team that wins this matchup has gone to the Super Bowl every single time. Small sample size, but something fun to watch. Yeah, I'm going with the Bills finding a way to shut down this Pittsburgh run game uh, and winning this one easily, 27-17. And I don't think it'll be that close. I think it'll be a 27 to maybe like 10 game most of the way and maybe a garbage time touchdown for the Steelers. Uh, Listen, I think Mason Rudolph, to me, is going to be the two days later version of Joe Flacco, a guy that's found some magic on a short amount of a run, but he still is who we believed him to be. Um, you know, interestingly enough, and, and somebody asked about, you know, Von Miller and whether or not he'll be in the lineup for the bills. I do think he'll be active. And I think it's interesting the way that they've used him the last couple of games. You know, I, I looked down on the sideline at him for a big stretch in that game last week. And he had a baseball cap on in the third quarter for like drives. And I'm like, man, what is going on with Von Miller? Then he gets supercharged up on the last drive of the game. And he looked a little bit fresher. And I wonder yeah. if it's, all right, we're going to lean on some of these young guys. It wouldn't surprise me if they have 10, maybe 11 defensive linemen active for this game. Uh, a lot of people think that they're going to elevate maybe Andy Isabella off the practice squad. I don't think that there's a need to. Like, I think you go with the three uh, tight ends. Quentin Morris is already active most weeks uh, or all, all all weeks. He's a big special teams player. And then you, you, you have four wide receivers that you kind of throw into the mix. Uh, maybe they do bring up Isabella. We'll, we will wait. We'll see that tomorrow uh but i think they want to go heavy on the defensive line and you know i just don't think defensively without tj watt consistently over 60 minutes they're going to be able to generate enough pressure i think josh allen knows he can't turn the ball over that's a huge part of this as well i think the bills win this one yeah i agree with you completely on that and you know without tj watt there'll be some opportunities for josh allen to hurt pittsburgh with his arm with his legs we saw it last week against miami a, a team that was also down multiple pass rushers, uh, how effective he could be in that role in terms of you know using his legs, rolling out, getting those tough yards. I see that happening again in this matchup, Matt. Um, we got to get a shout-out to our good guy, Eric, who is going to come out to the podcast today at Wingnuts. And, of course, the weather did not participate uh, with our plans. But let's get it. Let's get him up on the big screen here because he's got us up on the big screen at home. My man, Eric, what's up, dude? Shout Buffalo Bills insider on the text line. Ryan's uh, taking a big gulp of water. Taking there. a sip of water. That was there you go. I mean, great stuff all across the board. Um, all right, that'll do it. Uh, you know, stay tuned tomorrow. Um, we will uh, obviously be active on social media uh, for me. 
there won't be much else to do because uh, we're not. There's a travel ban in Erie County. I'm not going to be going anywhere. Uh, we got a full slate of football games in about 20 minutes here. Chiefs versus Miami Dolphins should be a fun one to watch. Um, we're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, as always. Um, tomorrow, I was going to say, go out and get a Tops. Uh, breakfast pizza, but you'll probably have to be in Rochester or something to do that because <laughs> I think they're all going to be closed here tomorrow. Or Olean. Or Olean. Yes. If you're watching in Olean and, and you know, you can even get it uh, at night. I think if the train's going by, uh, whenever you want to go to tops, just go and you know get some, some great deals and you could do it right from the comfort of your own home. If you download the tops markets, mobile app, get the most out of your shopping experience. Uh, check out all their amazing benefits you have at the palm of your hand, uh, select your preferred store, browse and shop the weekly ad, or by specific department. Easily locate products at your preferred store with our built-in aisle directory. Enjoy contactless shopping with Tops Grocery Pickup or delivery services. All right, Ryan, final word. Final word, Bills Mafia. Stay warm, stay safe, uh, adhere to the travel ban, and uh, you know, see you on Monday. Matt and I will be going live after the game. We'll have you covered on game day as well. 4.30 start, not as good as a 1 o'clock start, but I will not complain about it. We'll be back with you at about 9 o'clock on Monday evening. Uh, buckle up. It's going to be, uh, if you're going out to the game, bundle up. Uh, take care, everybody. Have a great week. rest of your weekend.